This is Fly episode number 33, featuring actor and dancer David Moy. Coming live from the Fly Studio in Commerce Township, it's the Fulfilling Life's Yearnings Podcast! And I'm your host, Blake Giovanni Thomas Soule. And if you're ready to be your best by writing the script of your life to whatever you want it to be and taking action on your dreams, then this is the podcast for you. It's time to enter the fly zone. All right, so today with me I have David Moy. Hey, Dave, how you doing today, man? I'm good, Blake. How are you? Good. Hey, thanks for joining me on another episode of the uh, Fulfilling Life's Yearnings podcast. Uh, just to start off the episode, would you mind just go ahead and you know telling everyone what your bio is and your background and you know what you do? Yeah, yeah, my bio. Um, I'm from West Bloomfield, Michigan. Okay. Uh, I go to school at Central Michigan. I'm a theater major with an acting concentration. I also dance a little bit, and uh, this year will be my last year in college, so I'm really excited. <laughs> Nice, awesome, awesome. So this is your last year. How did that? Uh, how did you end up doing? You know your your concentration that you're in. What what intrigues you about you know theater and dancing that you know just brings so much excitement to you? Well, as a kid, I love putting on little skits for people, and I love entertaining people a lot. And uh, and as an athlete, I just love that. I love that sound of applause and reaction from a crowd. And when I stopped playing sports, I was trying to find a way to still do that. And I found out, well, hey, I play around a lot. I I do voices and I move and I've been dancing since I was a little kid. So and you get the same reaction, too. You get that ooh, you get that ah, you, you get that reaction from people. So I was just like, hey, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should try it. And then I got into it and realized I like creating something. I like telling a story. I found out that. It's a passion. It's it's a lot of fun for me. Okay, cool. So just just staying with that for a second. Can you talk about you know when you first started getting involved with that and and what was that process like? You know, you just one day decided you wanted to go, you know, join the program or start dancing. You know, what was that like for um, you? <laughs> it was kind of scary because it's it's something that a lot of people try and do as a career and it's probably one of the most hardest careers to get into because mm-hmm. it's constant rejection and i was just i kept telling myself do i want to do that do i want to put myself through that struggle and i went on audition i did an audition for the first time and i felt so comfortable even though i was nervous i felt like i belonged there and i felt like i should be doing this and i was just from that day on i just said i should I, I need to perform because I don't see myself doing anything else. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what else I should do or what I could do. Right. But uh, yeah. Right. That's cool. So just to put that out there, the reason why I wanted to have someone on the show like you is because you know the theme, of course, is fulfilling life's yearnings. And, yeah. And and speaking with people who who are, of course, you know, following that passion, you know, whatever it may be, and, and deciding to take a different path, you know, on life, going against the grain of what is, you know, typically accepted. So going with that, you know, I'm glad to have you on here. You know, you're a millennial. How old are you right now? 23. So he's 23 years old for the people listening in. And um, 
just so you guys know, so me and Dave, you know, we went to school together back in the day and you know, ran, <laughs> ran into him, you know, the other night while we were hanging out this place called Uptown out in Commerce Township and, you know, just struck up a conversation. And so he told me what he was up to and I just felt like, you know, he'd be someone that would be good to have on the show. So, uh, Dave, how how would people uh, reach out to you, you know, to, you know, catch up with you and see what type of things you're doing out there? Are you on Twitter or anything like that? I am not on any social media. Okay. Uh, they can get through me through my email or uh, my uh, my cell phone. I'm usually I'm always with by my phone. So, but uh, email my school email works out. Uh, it's moy m o y one d c at cmich c m i c h dot edu. Okay. And uh, and then yeah, I'll put I'll just if you want to give your number, I'll I'll just put it in the show notes when we're done here. But yeah, if okay. anyone listening in right now, you know some people who are interested in maybe doing theater or dancing and you just have some questions, you know, you know, Dave can probably answer those. He's been, you know, working hard at this and <laughs> something that you can use as a resource, maybe if you're just interested about what that would look like. So just to get back into what we were doing here, um, I know you also dance. Where, yeah. where does that you know where does that drive come from you know to do the dancing and have that that confidence to go out there and you know put on a good show um i've been dancing probably since i was two years old i just i just i loved michael jackson so much and his dancing was just so like whenever i saw him on screen i would stop and watch right and then I listened to what he, who influenced him to dance. I looked at James Brown. I looked at Fred Astaire. And then I looked at up m- more modern dancers like Chris Brown or Twitch or uh, uh, Crazy Legs. And I uh, just, I love, I just love it because it's, it's storytelling and it's, it's the most natural way for me to tell a story. Um, it's, it's very expressive for me. And it's probably, it's my first passion before acting. I love acting, but dancing, I think I'm a dancer first. Okay. That's cool. What, as far as dancing, have you been in any like performances that you can talk about? Yeah, I just, uh, I did a show this spring uh, or this winter, actually. Uh, it was called Humanity. And the show dealt with uh, social issues like uh, suicide or domestic violence and, and sexuality and gender roles, and uh, I was a part of a dance that was about domestic violence and addiction. Okay. And uh, this was the first time I had ever performed in front of people that weren't my family. This is the first time I had ever done a legitimate dance show. Mm-hmm. And when I did it, it just felt it felt natural. It felt very easy to do just picking up the dance moves and performing it and selling all the moves and making sure people were paying attention to what I was doing. And uh, it was a really good experience because my director, she was so, she was, she was so easy to work with because she allowed me the freedom to do what I do, what I bring as a dancer. And she also was accepting the fact that I'm still learning how to be a a more trained dancer. And it's got me inspired to want to join my, my school's dance company this fall. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I like that. Um, another question I wanted to ask you is, how do you, you know, being involved in the things that you're doing, you know, dancing and, and yeah. acting, what is, 
what is your perspective on you know life as far as you know the world view and, and what you feel as what what's important to you and this is what you want to spend your time doing my worldview uh <laughs> my my worldview um the world is this place where it's simultaneously beautiful and very positive and very giving and also very can be negative and can be uh can kind of rob you of something at the same time like it's and kind of seeing that through acting uh there's people out there that aren't so great people but you gotta learn to sympathize and you gotta learn to see them see their actions as something you should you can be able to do like like there's a play called Shrikar Named Desire and there's there's a character named Stanley Kowalski Stanley he gets drunk one night during the play and he hits his wife now some people may think Stanley's a bad guy but if you look at Stanley Stanley is being his life's being taken over by his wife's sister who's just butting into what used to be a beautiful life. You know, it's easy. He had a job, he had a wife, he had his friends. And uh, that's how I see life sometimes is you, you can have these very peaceful, beautiful moments that can be suddenly interrupted by something random or something planned or, and even can be interrupted by something even more beautiful than what you were doing. How I, how I view life at this moment is that us being people that, you know, essentially, whether we have the negative or the positive, it, it, it's still our our job, you know, our, our right to, to strive to make it through to be, you know, whoever we want to be at the end of the day. Right, right, right. There's always going to be those, those negative moments that occur, but, you know, surrounding yourself, even if you, you know, can't, Certainly, surround yourself with the, the people that are going to uplift you. At least be able to, you know, to go to that place inside of your mind. You know, if, if you're in a shitty situation where you know that's the only thing that you know is chaos, at least being able to escape to this place that you want to eventually get to inside of your mind. But one thing that I always like to do is just, you know, I talk to the universe. You know, whether you're religious or not, you know, that that's that's my escapism. I'm just talking about the things that I want. You know, to happen in my life in order to you know fulfill some sort of calling, you know, whatever that is for for each person. Right. Cool. So that's cool. I like that you were saying that. Uh, can you talk about you know just some of the the performances that you've been in and anything that's been meaningful, you know, in your life? I know you just mentioned the the one play that you were uh, in, but could you have any other experiences that were you saw the parallels from? You know, what was happening in the script or something that really made sense and clicked with you for your own life? Um, I, which is interesting, uh, I just started getting really involved in my program this past year. Okay. So I don't have as much experience, but I don't, I don't know. I, got, I take mostly everything from the dance show mm-hmm. where... My character is a domestic abuser, so I had to find a way to make it, which is not easy. I'm not a person that would hit somebody or, you know, put my hands on a woman. So I had to find a way to 
relate to him. And my director was mentioning, you know, he's he's addicted. He wants to pull away from his addictions, but he also wants to keep it. Mm-hmm. And he wants to break away from his significant other, but also keep her at the same time. He doesn't know what he wants to do. And I found that because in my own relationships, I've found that I don't know what I want to do in them. I don't know if I want to escape or if I want to stay in it. And I just, I kind of used that and personal stories I heard from people that had been in those, those type of situations where they'd been abused by a significant other. And I, I kind of just used that to go, okay, this is how this guy feels. And, uh, yeah, that's that's probably the main one. Okay. So essentially what I'm hearing you say is that you kind of, you know, imagine yourself in their shoes and, and try to tap into whatever those emotions might be. Now, right. now, now tapping into that, is that something that you've been practicing or... Yeah, it's been something I've been studying since I, since I was a freshman in college, uh, since acting one, it... They just teach you to try to uh, think how your character would think. And as I've gone on, it's filling in those details of what's going on at this time, what's specifically happening, what's the motivation, what's the intention behind what this person is doing. And uh, I found that I really love those details. And not only do I look for those details in my performance life, I look for those details in just everyday life. I just... What is this person thinking? Why is this person doing what they're doing? And I like to be very, I'm more observant now. Okay. I, I found that uh, it's made me very observant. And like uh, how other actors talk about, yeah, I people watch. Like I people watch and I like observing other people and seeing what they do and coming up with an idea of why they did it and what's going on in their life. And just trying to always relate to somebody. That's, that's what I strive to do most of the time. Going, going with that, I'm also, you know, I love people watching. It's, it's yeah. Really fun. Just to see what yeah. <laughs> Just to see the crazy stuff that people are doing. I'm, right. I'm definitely there with you on that. What, what, you know, now that you've become more observant you know, from doing this training, what has that, you know, helped you come to understand, if anything? That's... I'm it's helped me understand how not to judge. Okay. I'd like to think I don't judge people that much as much as I used to when I was like, when I was younger, but I like to think I'm more open to different experiences with different people. Like yeah, I feel like socially I can I'm more socially versatile. So for the people listening in, uh, I'm just coming up with these questions you know, on the top of my head. You know, me and Moy are just having a chat and whatever. Yeah. Up, I'm just going off of, you know, whatever you're saying. So if it sounds that way, it's because this is a real conversation right now. It wasn't pre-scripted or anything like that. So there will be some good, you know, takeaway points as far as, you know, if you're interested in doing dancing or acting and this how it makes you, you know, more reflective as a person and that you know that's good for everybody because you know we're all in this together and you know if we're going to be you know fulfilling our life's yearnings it's going to take a community of people this isn't to put anybody down and you know everyone has something that they want to focus on i'm just trying to help 
you know, make that, you know, more accessible to people who never thought that they could, you know, follow what they wanted to do. So, Dave, uh, after going with that, what is it, you know, that you see yourself doing, like, overall? What, what's the end goal for you? What does that look like? The, the end goal, uh... End goal is to be either dancing professionally or acting professionally. That's that's end goal. Um, whether that be on stage, whether that be in film, whether it's probably doing voiceover work. I don't. I I I take it because I just love doing it that much, and it's it's the one thing that I'm comfortable doing. Like I I tried science. Science isn't for me. History is like. Uh, uh, you know, math, that's a definite no. So I was, this is, it's, it's subjective. And it's like, it's, it's, there's no definitive way to say this is good. This is bad. Cause what's really good to one person is really bad to another person. So I kind of like that. I kind of like the fact that you can do something and some, somebody can, some people, so many people can have so many different opinions about it. It can be looked at like I have a director that says this. There's six billion ways to do everything, so it can be what you do can be looked at six billion different ways. Mm-hmm. And I just like that variety and that freedom. That it helps me have no fear in what I do. Okay. So I like that you said something about fear and you know there's six billion ways to do one thing. Um, have you been fearful at times when you've been up there dancing? And second, has there been any times when you're like, what the hell am I doing up here? And this doesn't feel right. And oh, yeah. How, oh. How did you overcome it? For sure. Um, <laughs> there were times where I was just going, should I be doing this? Because I had to get over this fear of auditioning. Because mm-hmm. I had this really big fear of going on auditions and and it wasn't like the fear of failure. It wasn't the fear that I wouldn't get casted. It was the fear of being casted. Like I was afraid to be put in a show and then be responsible for all this work that I would have to do and not succeeding at it. Okay. But how I got over it is my friends forced me to audition. <laughs> my buddy, we it was uh, going on Thanksgiving break and we were – they were doing signups for the play that was coming up. And my buddy was like, David, you need to do this. I said, no, I'm not doing this. No, I don't get involved. It's not my thing. I'm just here to get the degree. I just want, just leave me alone. And <laughs> he's like, I'm, I'm going to sign you up. If you don't sign yourself up. Right. I said, you're bluffing. You're not going to do it. And uh, he took out a pen and he started writing my name on the signup board. And I just said, the hell are you doing? I do this myself. I'm a grown man. And uh, I signed myself up. I went into auditions, and I just had fun. I I I realized how much fun it was. It's still a little nerve wracking, but it's still a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that I auditioned, and I'm so glad I got the opportunity to perform. And to I had to put my money where my mouth was, and kind of say, if I'm going to do this, I need to actually do it. Right. Oh, that's, that's powerful. So I, I want to stay right there for a moment and just you know, go back to that to that first audition and and I want you to tap in for me. You know that emotion that you were going through, if anything, and you know, what did that really feel like getting down deep inside and and you know you know 
I'll reference it to sports. You know, you're playing really well out there, and, and it's everything that seems to be going in flow. Yeah, right, right, right. It, it's it's a zone. You you're just uh sometimes it's a really it can be a really deep zone where you're just kind of lost in the part and you're just you're just reacting like as you should be you should just be open and available to the situation and just react to it and i felt in that audition i kind of opened myself up a little bit to that ability to just to spontaneity to just kind of improv my emotions to improv my reaction to something and uh Apparently, my director liked it enough that he put, hired me for the show. So, <laughs> so I, it made me more confident in my choices as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what was that first role? Very first role. It was a small supporting role. I played uh, a Latino man in a show called Streetcar Named Desire. Uh, I was a part of a poker scene. I had to learn how to play poker. I had to learn how to shuffle cards and I had to cut my hair a certain way and I had to wear clothing from the 1940s and I had to have I had to have a dialect and all the work that I had trained for, I had to then it, it felt good using all the work that I had trained for and just putting that and applying that to what I had to do and it, it was I was just I realized, "Oh, what I've learned is really resourceful." It's <laughs> It, it's something that you can do and then actually get the end result. Yeah. Whew, three months. Wow. Almost almost three months. And it was that was long for uh, that was uncommon. Because mm-hmm. usually they're rehearsing for about a month, month and a half, and then the show goes up. We started we auditioned at the end of January and we rehearsed all the way through mid-April, and we performed in mid-April. So you're talking February, March, half of April. Mm-hmm. So it was, it, was, it was a long haul, but I enjoyed it. Okay. And I was working on the dance show at the same time, so I was doing something every day. Nice. So when you're, when you're up there and you're performing on stage, now I've never done that before. I mean, You've done it. You've you, you, Playing basketball is kind of like that. Right, it's just kind of like that. But um, <laughs> when you're when you're up there on that stage, and you know, has there been points where you like forget your lines, and and how do you how do you get it back to remember what you're doing? Um, what keeps me, uh, and I I just try to stay really present, and uh, also, cue lines, what the lines said before. That really helps because that triggers not only my memory of the line, but it also triggers the the way the person said it to me. It triggers how I'm going to say it back, how I'm going to answer them. Right. So I, since the role was pretty small, I didn't have that many lines. I maybe had less than 20, probably 15 lines. I memorized those within two weeks and I was off book with it by week two. So I was... I was I, I just knew him. I never slipped. At least I at least I think I haven't. I don't know. I don't rem- I don't remember forgetting my lines. I don't remember. Cuz I work cuz that scares me so that is my one fear as an actor to not know my lines. So I really stress to learn my lines right away. Okay. Definitely. Definitely. So the other day I had 
had on uh, one of my buddies that I went to uh, college with. His name is Chris Jackson. So for who's ever listening in, check out that first episode. Uh, that was the first podcast interview I did for the show. And he said something about, you know, wanting to leave a legacy behind, you know, once everything's, you know, done and over with. You know, what, what's your main goal? What do you want people, you know, to remember about David Moyes? Oh, <laughs> what I want people to remember about me. Um, he was accepting of others. He was, I want people to, I tried to be kind. I want them to know that. I tried to be as nice as I could be. I tried to be helpful when I could be. Um, I was giving as a performer. I gave a lot. I tried really hard. I want them to know I tried. Like, I did my best. Now is that are those things are those things also driving you day to day? What what's that mentality like? Yeah, it's, uh, every day is I'm trying to be a better version of me. Okay. Every day I'm trying to see how I can improve, either just socially or just intellectually, and even just as a performer, how can I be a better performer? And uh, how how I can go about my day just either helping others to improve myself or helping myself to improve myself. Mm-hmm. So, the question that I want to ask is, why is that? You know, why, why are those things driving you, you know, to get up and, and put yourself out there and play instead of just, you know, you know being stagnant? What, what's the, the other motivating factor for, for you to do those things? Well, my dad told me this one time. Uh, he said, son, I always wanted you to be a better man than me. And I had already knew he wanted that. And that's kind of how I think. It's just how, and it just felt like a task. Like, how can I be a better man than my dad, who I think is one of the greatest men that ever lived. So every day I'm just trying to be, if not as good, if not better than my dad. And he's a guy that's very driven. He's a guy that just he just goes all the time. He he just doesn't stop. Yeah. And I'm just I'm just trying to find a way to be a, a version of him, but a, a better version of him. Yeah, that's powerful. Cool. Even on the days when it's hard, how does that how does that keep you going through? Do you just think of that in the back of your mind, like, oh, I don't feel like doing shit today? You know, is that is that still the thing that pushes you even when you know, the motivation is ran out? Yeah. Okay. And then some days I just don't do it. I just, I kind of step back and yeah. leave it alone because I can't, I'm one of those people, I can't be in it all the time. I can't, Definitely. I can't constantly uh, be looking to perform because it, it, at some point it starts to drain mm-hmm. and you start running out of ideas and then you just get stuck. You're like, well, well I don't have any ideas. What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to create? Yeah, I feel like I got to give myself time to step back and think about it, and and uh, just find a new way to create something and find a new way to tell a story. Right, definitely. So you got to have, you know, that's a good point there. Having that balance, and you know, of course, still having fun, and it's not always about you know being so serious. It's about being able to laugh at yourself and put yourself in those those random moments when you know you're just open for anything to happen and you just kind of go with the flow. Doing for acting, dancing, just being reactive. I think those are 
great takeaways for anybody listening in. You know, if you're going to be fulfilling your life's journeys for whatever that might be, you know, don't be so serious with it. Just be open to uh, exploring whatever happens in your day-to-day life because you can pour something down so much to the point where it just might end up backfiring on you. So you have to be really, really, you know, uh, be real, real, really adaptive. That's the word I'm looking for. Right, 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 to, right. You know, adjust in the moments that occur. Right. So I exactly. I think that's a good point. So we're we're coming to the end um, of our interview today. I, I had a lot of fun. You know, just I haven't talked to you in a while, so that was. Cool. I know, man. Being able to, to, to tap inside of your mind and what you're <laughs> up to. So the the, the final question I want to ask you today. Um, time still allows is now if you had a time machine and you could go back to you know only one age in the past, you know what age would that be, and what would you tell yourself? Uh, I would go back to being sixteen, <laughs> and I would just tell myself, "Hang in there; it gets better." Not to sound cliche, but that's really what I was. So, but to be cliche, that's really what I would say. I would just say, it gets better. Okay. I like that. Was there, was there a time where you were you know, dealing, with, dealing with a lot of difficulties and you were questioning? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was. I was. And I think that was mostly because I just hadn't matured yet and I hadn't grown up and I hadn't been, I hadn't really discovered a lot about myself. And the experiences I've had since I was 16 have really informed me about who I am, about how I live my life. And, um, I'm more comfortable. I'm in a, I'm in a better place now because of that, because of those moments. So take these last couple of seconds. I want you to, you know, give your advice to someone 16 year old you and close out with what you would want him to know about, it gets better. What does that mean? It all may seem really rough right now, but if you can relax and step back and just realize there's people out there that love you, you you'll be okay. If you just if you have faith in yourself, faith in your family, faith in your friends. Anything's possible because they'll help you get there. Powerful stuff. Glad you shared that. So, guys, that was the end of this episode. Again, my guest today was David Moy. Dave, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, hoping we are to catch up some more. And and if you enjoyed this episode that we had today, please let me know. I'm on Twitter. You can follow me at at Blake I also have the, the show notes page for fiddlinglifesyearnings.com or you can hit up the iTunes page and leave your comment and review on there. That just helps, you know, get this episode out to more people so they can, you know, hear this, this story from another millennial who's out there trying to do great things with their life. So again, this is the Fulfilling Life's Yearnings podcast. I'm your host, Blake Sule. Thanks for joining in. And as always, be fly. Thanks for listening to Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. I want to know what your biggest takeaway is, so please head on over to fulfillinglifesyearnings.com today 
and click on the show notes link for today's episode, which is on the homepage, and leave a comment. The show notes page is where you can find the resources mentioned during the show and will be very valuable for you on your journey. To stay up to date about what's happening, subscribe to my newsletter and subscribe to the show on iTunes. And while you're subscribing on iTunes, it would definitely mean a lot to me if you leave a review to show future potential listeners of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings what you think as your voice helps them decide if Fulfilling Life's Yearnings is right for them. Now it's in your hands. Are you ready to fly? Until next episode, stay in the zone and make today a fly day by taking action on your dreams.